Hi, everybody. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Lori, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm going to assume you can hear me just fine, right? Okay, good. Yeah, so thank you for inviting me to come and share. And uh, oh, God, I don't have to look at myself while I do this, I hope. Let's see. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so I am. I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, I'm going to start by showing you what I used to look like, okay? And it wasn't that long ago. So let's see. Oh, there's nothing to show here, of course, because that would be too easy. I tried. Um, wait a sec. Uh, photo. I don't understand what that is about. Anyway, um, I will tell you that I uh, my I've made more than one stab at OA, but I've never stuck around and actually gotten abstinent, worked the steps and stuff until this time. Um, my first OA meeting was in 1976, and you guys are in San Francisco, yeah? I'm from um, Northern California myself, so I am coming to you from where I have lived the last almost 40 years, which is in Iowa City, Iowa. But I grew up in Northern California, Grass Valley, Nevada City, and um, so let me get this picture up here for you. And uh, here we go. And like I said, I went, so that's me. And, um, and even more dramatic than that is this other one. I did that one for you. There we go. Can you see that? Is that it? Okay, let's see. I'm gonna go back over here. I'm not great at this. I seem to have trouble with this for some reason. There we go. So that's me. So. You know, I was naturally blonde. Now I'm probably naturally gray, but here we are. <laughs> so there was me and that was not that long ago. That was about uh, 2018, maybe 2019. So um, I've, I once weighed 125 pounds more than I do now. And I'm very, very grateful that I am much healthier than that now. So, okay, I'm gonna sh shut this off. So basically you can get that I really am a hundred pounder <laughs> and I really am an overeater. And, um, and I hope what I say will be relevant to some people here, you know, give you some hope. Because when I came here, I didn't have any hope. I had given up. I'd given up more than once, but um, I'd given up on everything. I'd given up on my life. I'd given up on, on I decided I was, I'm 62. I decided I was going to be an old woman. It was never going to get any better for me. And this was just how it was. And, um, and I'd spent most of my life feeling like uh, I was kind of lucky for whatever came my way. So um, living a life of chronic disappointment was familiar and that was okay. I mean, I had settled into that, but it was kind of pitiful to feel like that because I'd also been sober in Alcoholics Anonymous for 33 years. And so you'd think somebody who had 33 years of working the 12 steps and right, going to meetings, being active and stuff would have higher expectations. But I was pretty depressed and I was pretty far um, in the disease of compulsive eating. So I didn't have higher hopes than that. So anyway, uh, my story with food is that I started overeating probably pretty early. My very first memory is of reaching for a candy dish in San Diego, California, which is pretty interesting since um, I ended up getting abstinent through the OA in San Diego via Zoom. But um, I'm, like I said, I'm in Iowa. And my good friends, 
are here visiting. Rick and Judy, thank you for being here. Rick is the one who 12 stepped me back into OA. So um, anyway, I, I came a couple times, once long enough to buy the literature, not to read it. I, um, but I had, uh, let's see, what do I want to tell you? I want to tell you that, you know, I gained and lost the same sort of 50, 60 pounds many times. And then I went through menopause and, and it, I really went over the edge. And I, was, or I had been suffering from depression for a long time, but now I was just so depressed. I couldn't imagine anything and I couldn't find the will to do anything. And I really thought that I had no metabolism. So this was just how I was stuck. Anyway, I have suffered horrible, really, you know, when it talks about uh, demoralization, I, I uh, you know, I was young when I quit drinking and yes, I did a lot of, of sad stuff and I was a fat girl who drank too much. So I had a lot of demoralizing experiences, but um, nothing like what happened to me later with food and being morbidly obese, you know, um, you know, just I've experienced all the things it talks about in like, at least the overcomers uh, welcome they read. And I don't know if that's a national thing for hundred pounder meetings, but you know, having problems with hygiene, having, couldn't buy clothes, um, you know, public transportation was demoralizing, you know, everything, everything was painful. And I felt like there wasn't anything I could do about it. So um, I was just waiting to die. Honestly, I was just waiting to die. So uh, what happened? I, I came and this time I kind of backed in the door. I really didn't. I had had now by now I'd had weight loss surgery. I had that. I had uh, this 80% of my stomach removed and um, it didn't work because uh, I, I kept eating. So uh, I had lost 35 pounds before the surgery and I lost uh, 35 pounds after the surgery. And then COVID came and I gained back 50 pounds. So now I weighed more than I did before I had the surgery. And, um, and I didn't, and at this point, I didn't care. I was, you know, I was heartbroken over, uh, well, actually, you know, I mean, I was getting another divorce and uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I remember I had a house, I had a renter downstairs and he said to me as I was coming in, Lord, you know, you're only buying food for one person now. Right. He was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't eat cookies by the cookie. I eat them by the sleeve. You know, I don't eat anything. I eat things by the bag. I eat them by the container. Right. So, uh, so what happened was I had, I had signed up for some, you know, thing you pay and they send you the food and stuff. And about that time, uh, I talked to Rick and he said, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to OA and, you know, might be helpful and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I, I said, well, I just paid, signed up for the stuff you pay for. He said, well, just use that as your food plan for the first few months and see how that goes. So that's what I did. So I just did it the same way that I had done AA one time. And I went to a meeting every day. And I, uh, and I ate this thing on schedule that I had learned about in this and that I had spent way too much money for in this food show, but in this food plan, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to sustain it because I had never sustained anything. Like I said, gained and lost the same weight many times. So, um, but what happened was that I, I just, 
I don't know why it worked. I don't know why OA worked this time. What I know is that we had started just around the same time that I uh, I came in. Uh, some guys had started a meeting of a bunch of AAs that were trying to do OA. And so I, I went to that and um, it's morphed into a very solid OA meeting. But um, it really, it helped me a lot because I couldn't be different. I couldn't be special. And because they were using the language, the, it, there's real emphasis on the steps. And I knew what all that meant, but I hadn't, um, hadn't done it around food. And, uh, and honestly, that just seemed like overwhelming prospect. But I did, and I, I trusted these guys. And so I started in, with being, I just, I was so powerless. And then all of a sudden I had all these emotions and I had no balance. I had no, you know, I just had no dignity, nothing. I mean, I was sobbing in this meeting and I was angry. And I guess they call that uh, hangry, like when you're hungry and angry at the same time. But anyway, I just, um, I just, I had to like accept that it wasn't going to be pretty, you know, in the beginning, it just wasn't going to be pretty. And, but I was going to, I was going to, no matter what, I was not going to overeat, no matter what I was just, I did it just like I did with alcohol, no matter what, no bullshit, no uh, rationalization, just do it a day at a time. And, and it was hard. But, um, you know, what happened was uh, I got a good foothold. I got some relationships with people. I got a little bit of self-respect, but mostly what I got was in my desperation, I got really teachable and I hadn't been teachable in a long time. And I, uh, I started to, um, I started to really uh, listen to my own feelings. And I had been covering them up for so long. And all those ideas that I had about a higher power. And I mean, I didn't have ideas anymore. I just had need. And so, um, you know, I just, I just started like talking to the air again. You know, like whatever's listening, if anything is listening, my God, please, you know. And, you know, the, the remarkable thing is that that seems to be enough oh, shit, I didn't start this, thank God. Now you're going to have to, could the timer person, could you let me know when I have like come spoken for 10 minutes? Have I already spoken for 10 minutes? I, yes, just okay. 10. Just 10, okay. So then let me know at uh, 20, okay? And then I'll wrap it up. So, um, so anyway, uh, it turns out that all these years I had been bringing, I mean, you saw the picture of that woman, you know, that I was. Anybody could look at that person and know that she had no self-esteem, right? But I didn't know that. I knew that there, by some magic, all these other people around me seemed to be able to be a normal size, and I couldn't figure out how they did it. Now, I don't know, looking now, where I found those people, because today I went to the post office and I went to go get some fingerprints from the sheriff because I want to do some substitute teaching, and I will tell you, that every place I went, everybody looked like they needed to lose between 75 and 150 pounds. Because I live in Iowa 
And, you know, obesity is rampant in the United States. So I don't know, you know, now all of a sudden I'm svelte, you know, everybody's like, wow, look at that, you know, that you're tiny. And of course I'm not tiny at all. So I once weighed at my highest 285 pounds. I'm five foot three. So that's a lot of weight, you know, but I didn't crack 300. I might have when I wasn't looking, you know, cause I never weighed myself. But um, today I weigh 160 pounds. So I'm not like at 110 or, you know, I, I would look like I needed, I was in a concentration camp if I weighed, let they set on those the scales, right? Or those uh, things. But I wear like a size 10P, which I think, holy hell, you know, I can't believe it. But the weird thing is I have no idea how it happened. I really don't because I just, what happened was I got this sponsor and she said, Okay, so between her and I went to a nutritionist, okay, and so they basically, I, between the two of them, they said, a person who weighs your right weight should eat about 12 to 14, well, the nutritionist said 1200, my sponsor said 1500, and so I basically settled on between two and 1400, 12 and 1400 calories a day, and so then my food plan was simply that I would eat as I had learned in this other program, to eat about every three hours, to have small amounts, and to um, and to uh, try to you know and to eat to feed my body. So I need to get enough protein, enough carbohydrate, etc., enough minerals. It's all that you know. But that's what my goals were: to do that and um, to do it well. Uh, learning how to take care of myself, you know, not to be hungry and not to ever sweat it. I have no deprivation in my life. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I just can't do that. And along the way, there have been moments when I've eaten something I didn't intend to. There have, you know, there was uh, one time I used to be, of course, what did I do right after I became, had that surgery is I signed up to be the cake lady at the AA clubhouse, which is typically insane. So but anyway, so a friend had really bad cancer. And so I made them some cupcakes. And of course, I always made the most calories you could squeeze into something. That's what I made. So it had buttercream frosting. It had all this shit on it. So so I um, I made them some cupcakes. And I thought, well, it has to be cake lady quality cupcakes. You know, I have to use a pound of butter to make these cupcakes. So I did that. But of course, I ended up, I tasted the frosting. Then I tasted it again. And then I had a cupcake with some frosting on it. So I called up this woman that I really trust. And I said, Oh, my God, Wendy, you know, I just ate uh, this. And, that. and you know what she said, she said, it's over now, let it go, honey, and move on. And I thought that was brilliant. So I am not somebody who thinks that, you know, something happens, you're supposed to say, Oh, my God, you know, let me go to the square for a public shaming. This is day one, all of you can like bemoan that I that there is no way to be successful as staying abstinent. Here I am again, I just don't do that. I just had the cupcake, it was in the past, and then I moved on. And then about a year later, well, I don't know, was about, you know, it was actually, it was almost not quite, not a month ago, I had my son back here and I came out and I, my eating was all screwed up. I didn't have breakfast at the right time, didn't have lunch, blah, blah. I came out and I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I've been wanting bread for a month. I've been wanting bread for a month. And then I remembered, oh my God, I have croutons. And so I went and I ate the whole bag of croutons in the dark, like an addict, because I am an addict. And um, I felt horrible, you know, and I thought, Oh, my God, you know, I got I'm supposed to speak at these meetings, what should I do? You know, should I go and have, you know what I did? I, I told somebody and I said, Yeah, I did this. And she said, Okay, 
all right, it's over. And honestly, I don't, I wouldn't even get that excited. I thought, well, I am excited because I don't want to be eating for emotional reasons. That's not what I do. That's not my abstinence. And, um, you know, my sponsor said, uh, well, you know, I mean, it was definitely, I don't know, or it sure sounds like it was, it was eating. Uh, it was like not absent. I said, no, it probably wasn't, but um, it's over. She said, well, what's going to happen? It, what if that happens again? And my thought was, then it happens again. But uh, it, and if I, everything that I, the way I look at this is I'm all about longevity. I'm all about what is sustainable. Shame is not sustainable. You know, um, being reactionary is not sustainable. So I got up the next day, I had an abstinent day and I've had absent days ever since. And so I just say that because I've had people I've sponsored, I do sponsor people quite a few and they'll say, well, what does that mean? You know, do I never, and then they'll have a bag of popcorn and then they'll, they'll kill themselves and want to start over again. I say, no, don't do that. This has worked for me, you know? And the most important thing is that I am closer to God as I understand God than I've ever been. And, and that's happened because I am no longer willing to abuse myself. Well, I, I started out abusing myself, of course, but I mean, like I just sat and I, and I, when I have some horrible feeling, I just take it to God. And that means I sit in the, in the quiet and I, um, and I just listen and I just try and listen with an open heart. And I, and I just ask, what's this about? And, and what happens if I let go of this? And, and this is collected some pretty powerful insights. Like one is that I learned that my ex-husband, who as far as I knew was my soulmate, you know, had been having sex with somebody else. Well, I'll tell you, that was pretty painful for a woman who was 100 pounds overweight to hear that. And I, I just like, I, but I couldn't let go of it. I couldn't let go of it. And then I, I just sat and I was like, why can't I let go of it? And the answer was really clear because if it's not the story I told myself, that means I'm insignificant. And everything in my life was designed to guard off that feeling of being insignificant. And it, it turns out, I mean, when I'm really honest with myself, and that's what my program's about, being 100% honest with myself, other people are secondary with myself. And the answer was, uh, you are insignificant. There are like, what, 8 billion people on this planet. You're insignificant. But, um, but you occupy your little dust space. That's what I, I am my little speck. And it's a glorious speck. I don't know why I got created. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm really grateful for this opportunity to have the thing that I wanted to escape more than anything else, which was consciousness. I'm so grateful for this moment of consciousness. It's just a, it's a miracle, you know? And I just, so my conclusion has been, as I've, you know, shown up for my feelings instead of stuffing my face, save a bag of croutons, um, is that, uh, is that I am loved, you know, apparently, I mean, and I love this, that page 55, it's become really special to me in the big book where it says God was as much a fact as we were. And to me, what that means is I am a fact. The actuality of me is the evidence of my creator. And like, if I really attend to that, I will catch on to the magic in that, you know, and then I don't have to be afraid. 
and I, I don't need to hide uh, and, I, and I don't need to eat. I don't need to eat to deal with my feelings. But you know, I may, I may fall asleep for a second here or there. And if I do, then I just have to shake myself awake and get back to the, get back to the plan. So anyway, um, I think, is that like 20 minutes now, Nancy? Yes, it is. Okay, then that, that sounds like long enough to me. So I have a um, topic for you, I guess, which is um, uh, letting go of old ideas about yourself. Okay. And um, so anyway, I'm really looking forward to hearing what people have to say. Thank you so much for letting me share. <laughs>